Hello and welcome to What's On at Cineworld Cinemas. I am Luke Owen. And I'm Dan Layton. How's it going, Dan? It's going very well, thank you very much. You just took, caught me while I took a big swig of coffee, so I'm covered in <laughs> bean juice. That's, ooh. Uh, I mean, it's delightful because it's just, uh, it, it's an audio-only realm, so people don't actually see no, the fact that it's all just dribb dribbling down your chin now. It's everywhere, it's all over the floor. <laughs> I mean, speaking of which, you, you're wearing a nice vest today. In, yes. In tribute to Chris Hemsworth. Well, I didn't plan on that. I just sort of put on my top and then was like, right, okay. And then I remembered in the movie, there is a scene where he's, he's wearing a lovely vest top and showing off his guns. Mm -hmm. um, mine are not quite as good. But you've got the Chris Hemsworth app. I have got the Chris Hemsworth app. And Chris I won't Hemsworth. lie to you, in the, in the opening, when there's a little montage of, of uh, Thor getting into shape, I recognised a few of the exercises. Which is in the trailer. It's in the trailer, yeah, it's in the trailer. Uh, I recognised a few of the exercises from centre. Um, <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I've done that. I've been there. <laughs> uh, well, let's not stop burying the lead here. Let's yeah. dive right in. Because yeah, we're here go. to review Thor Love and Thunder. Uh, and yeah, here's the show. Dan, we have literally yeah. just come out from seeing... Moments ago. Moments ago. Thor, Love and Thunder. Love and Thunder. This is the second time you have seen the film. Thor 4, 4, it's gore. I've seen it twice now, yes, Because that's true. you are very special. Hugely special. So you got to see it on Tuesday and you got to see it today. That's the more special one because we shared it together. But my question is, we're going to dive straight in. Okay, None of this, it. None of the preamble none nonsense. None of the namby-pamby. And just to remind, we're keeping the spoiler-free. Spoiler-free. It's a spoiler-free review Fine. here. Can but, do. Dan. Yeah. What did you think of the film? It was an interesting experience for me because the first time I saw it, I had all of these, you know me, I love Thor, I'm very excited. I was kind of a little bit like, oh, this isn't the film that I imagined it would be, but I'm enjoying myself. So I'm going to give myself over to it and have a listen. This time around, I enjoyed it way more. So I think going in with very few expectations is actually really, really good because it's a beautiful film. It looks gorgeous. There's a lot of really fun moments in there. There's one sequence in particular that I think is outstanding. It's stunning. And especially coming hot off the heels of uh, a few sequences in, in Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, it's some really interesting visual flair for the Marvel movies. So yeah, I'm very keen. Because I, I really enjoyed it. I had a, had a very, very good time yeah. watching it and I'm really looking forward to subsequent rewatches mm. of the movie using my unlimited card. Hey! But at, at times, like, like you, because I went in with a an expectation mm -hmm. of of what to expect. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't quite that at times. Like yeah. I, th I think the first like 20 minutes or so were a bit messy. Mm -hmm. and, I didn't really, and, I, and I wasn't really sure where we were, where we were going. Yeah. And then like the film sort of finds its feet. Yes. It's sort of like trying to follow on from the setup of Endgame or the mm -hmm. end of Endgame and what they're trying to set up for this, but kind of like what the direction Taika Waititi actually wants to yeah. go in. So you kind of deal with that over here and then we go off into this direction. And I think once we get into that bit, the film sort of finds itself mm -hmm. and actually becomes a much more coherent movie and that sort of drama narrative and a sort of like emotional narrative really kind of grabs hold of the movie and kind of yeah. runs towards the end goal. And I think having now seen it twice, I kind of understand certain choices that are made in the first act. So by saying that, what I'm saying is, if you if you feel like, mm, I'm not really sure what this is doing, it is doing something. You know, it's, it's, it, it has a cohesiveness, like you say, that, that comes around in the end, which I, I appreciate the, mm. the thought that's gone into it. Thor. Hey. 
Very good. Thank you very well much. Uh, and I very much enjoyed all of the, the characters. I loved Thor. Uh, yeah. I loved Jane Foster. Yeah. Uh, I loved Korg. Yeah. I loved Valkyrie. Can I? Uh, I, I loved the fifth character, relationships. Oh, and there were so many. Can I uh, specifically uh, shout out the relationship between Valkyrie and Jane? Because mm, yeah. I think it was really lovely to see it. And I think there was that... Um, moment in Endgame where everyone, all the women are like, we're Sisters all are doing together. it for themselves. They yeah. really were. And it, and it was in the moment, it was like, oh, cool. And then you sit with it a little bit and you're like, maybe less cool. Maybe, maybe that was a bit corny. Mm. And this kind of makes up for that in some ways because there's a real true sisterhood. And actually I've just read that a couple of the scenes between Natalie Portman and Tess Thompson were improvised. Oh, so wow. it's a very real, you know, connection that these two actors have together and the characters have it too. It's really nice. Yeah, yeah. it's quite nice. Yeah, like, this theme of relationships kind of runs yeah. deep within this. Obviously, this is reuniting Thor and Jane, Jane Foster, yeah. who haven't been together on screen since The Dark World. The, which, is, which is a really good movie. It's comfortably the worst movie in the MCU. Incorrect. But we'll agree to disagree. And that was, that was a long time ago. It was like, what, 2012, 2013? I just moved to London. Really? 2014? 2013. 2013. Yeah, 2013. So yeah. it's a long time that we haven't had those two together. Yeah. Instantly, like, the chemistry is sort of right back there together yeah. again. It's, it's delightful to see. Jane's shadow has sort of been there, you know, because there's a mention, mention of her, her in, yeah. in Ragnarok and they mention her in Endgame. And, and, you know, so, so she's not left, even though Natalie Portman hasn't been around. So it is very much like, you know, a really core part of Thor's... There's, story. There's always that existing footage that yeah. just slides into Slice other movies. Right. Because, it, because oh, and that's another thing in the dark world. It is beautiful. They have moments on the balcony. It's very romantic. Oh, yeah. yeah. But anyway, bad film. But oh. this what I thought was a really good film because you got like that relationship there. You've got sort of Valkyrie's relationship with becoming king of Asgard. Mm -hmm. But I really uh, a, a relationship I was not expecting in the movie is Thor and the Hammer. Yeah, it's it's uh, the Hammer and uh, Stormbreaker, the axe, are both It's like he, he is literally meeting up with his ex mm. and also his ex-weapon. Yeah. And there is, like, they actually give them characters. It's anthropomorphic. They anthropomorphize yeah. these what were once just inanimate objects yeah. that we used to do they smashy They always had stuff. an element of their own sort of magic. But this but is literally, this is... they've given them faces yeah. almost yes. at this point. Yeah. And it's, they, I think so, that's some of the better laughs in the movie mm. are kind of those moments. Yeah, for sure. And it's like, and, and, and it's from the off because there's a, this is a very early, so this isn't, I would class anything that happens in the first 15 minutes, for me, not a spoiler. Or anything that's in a trailer. Or anything that's in a trailer. There's a moment where, you know, he, he's planted and then plucks Stormbreaker out of the earth and it's got sort of roots, so that it, which ties in with the idea that it's from Groot. It's alive. These things feel alive. They have feelings and, and you know, uh, they're doing, they're, they're acting with their own kind of agency, which is really interesting. And, and you know, they're very central to the plot of the whole film. Mm. So that's, uh, yeah, it's a really interesting point. Yeah. Well, I, well done. Thank you very much. Yeah. So I, there was a lot of this that I really, really liked, yeah. particularly that sort of relationship stuff. Mm. I think not every joke in the movie lands. Yeah, I mean, I've spoken about this before. I'm not a fan. I love a little bit of comedy here and there. It's very important to have humour in there to keep these things light, not taking yourself too seriously, but taking the source material seriously. And I think sometimes Times, this is a common thing with Tiger's movies, is that the comedy is a little bit too much. Mm -hmm. You can pull back a little bit. I found that, again, less the second time round. In the first time round, I was like, stop with the jokes so much. This time around, I was like, no, I can see why that joke serves there, that joke serves there. There's one or two where I'm like, hard no, I would cut those completely. But they both, both screenings, got a giant laugh from the audience. So, yeah. you know. I think Hemsworth is his very Hemsworth in oh, this movie. mama. Yeah, obviously there's that scene that's in the trailer yeah. with his butt on show. But yeah. like that scene's fairly long. There's a lot of, of skin in, in the movie. Yeah, and it's not just Russell Crowe. I'm not mad at it. And he's yeah. got a lovely skirt on. 
okay. I actually really liked all of that stuff as I, well. Me too. Yeah, I, think I really that whole enjoyed sequence, that. There's a whole sequence, you know, again in the trailer, so it's not spoiled. There's a whole sequence with the gods, and, and Russell Crowe is having a great time. He is. A gr- and he's a great character. Yeah, chewing up all levels of scenery. And he's given real stuff to work with. It's not just a cameo. He's got some really interesting things within his character and what he's saying that I'm a big fan of. Same for Christian Bale, actually. Mm, yes. Like, yeah. the big criticism against the MCU, which I do agree with, particularly in the first two, well, first, second, and potentially third phase, mm-hmm. is that a lot of villains were just kind of superfluous. They were there because oh, this film needs a villain. Yeah, you need an antagonist in some way, shape, yeah. or form. Whereas I think, like, some of the more recent ones we've had have done really well with those. Like, I think No Way Home had, you know, a whole rogues gallery and stuff, yeah. and they did great work with the Green Goblin. I think that uh, Multiverse of Madness is great with Scarlet Witch. Thanos, obviously. Thanos, of course. But, like, I think Core here is, like, it's actually a really, really good character. Like, yeah. I think they actually give... It, it's what Christopher Eccleston wasn't given with Malekith yeah, in the Dark World. I will world. admit, in the Dark World, Christopher Eccleston could be anybody. Like, yes. it really is just there. And and I, I do like the aesthetic and I do like what it's bringing, but it's not the most memorable part of that That's, movie. Yeah, me. whereas I think this one does. There's a Bale, lot of, yeah. Bale has something to sink his teeth into, something to bring to the movie. Mm. And also visually, like, he he's a really well-constructed, well-thought-out well villain in terms of silhouette, in terms of... Uh, look in terms of the use of light and dark and and there's there's, there's a few really creepy moments that yeah. he chooses to um lean in with the physicality which is a very christian bale thing to do and i loved the backstory yeah, yeah. i really like it. there was a moment when the, the, the you see in the backstory and i was like oh i hope they go in this direction mm-hmm. and then they do and you're like oh that's that's yeah. good tasty. that's really really tasty yeah. yeah let's get some final thoughts okay kind of where are you placing it in your thor canon and sort of where are you thinking about sort of overall mcu well my thor canon is tricky because i'm so i i love him because you can't give me a long-haired Viking god whose eyes light up with thunder and tell me that I have to rank them because they're all great. The word space Viking magic was said a lot in this film and that's what that's what draws me. That's what draws me. Mm-hmm. I want it. I think for me, I, it's better than the first Thor, better than Thor 2. I would put it on par with Ragnarok. Mm. I would think it's, if, if not a little under. That's what I would think I would place it slightly under yeah. Ragnarok, maybe a little bit less, but it yeah. is better than the first two movies. Mm. So I think Thor has now, as a, it's found a style. Yeah. And, it is a, and it's Waititi. And I think it's something that you do want to see on a big screen specifically because you want, I think because it's so beautiful and because it's so colourful and because not just it's colourful, the way it uses colour is really smart. You want to get that crystal proper projection. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like yeah. we didn't see it on IMAX, but you did see it. I on did IMAX. see it on IMAX. Yeah. And you said it, it was re- oh, stunning. It was incredible from yeah. the first shot. Yeah, I, I, I did thoroughly enjoy it though. Mm. Uh, I had a really, really good time with it. So yeah, thumbs up from me. But we also got the chance to speak with one of its stars, Tessa Thompson. TT. TT, who is wonderful. She's amazing. In the movie. She's amazing. And here's what she had to say. Yourself and Natalie Portman both play pretty epic female roles in Thor Love and Thunder. What is your favourite thing about playing such a strong female superhero and how did you decide when filming what qualities a strong strong female superhero would have? I've always thought, I mean, obviously there's like a certain amount of strength and we both got, you know, as big and buff as we could get for the, the movie. So there's a kind of physical strength to bring to the character. And, and, and the strength and agility that they have fighting. But I've always thought in terms of any character, particularly female characters, when people say strong, I've always thought strong should mean um, that they're well-defined, that they're not painted in broad strokes, that they have real definition. Um, and so that they resemble the women that we are, the women that we know. So that's the thing that I find exciting about these two superheroes. 
that happen to be women is that they ha- they they have real humanity that they have stuff going on that they have self-doubt that they have um yeah that they have edges i think that's the thing that makes them the strongest and those are kind of the only characters I really want to play. So I feel really lucky that I get to play it and get to watch my good friend and also such a tremendous actor um, do it with me in Natalie. Of course, it's not just Thor that's in the cinema. You can check out Minions, The Rise of Gru, Lightyear, The Black Phone, Jurassic World Dominion, and my old fave, Top Gun Maverick. But Dan, you say that Top Gun is your, your old, old fave. fave. Oh, okay. Is this, a, is this your pick of the week then? Thor? Well, Thor, yeah. yeah. It's Thor. Yeah. He's got his lovely hair and lovely shoulders. And uh, Natalie Portman's got her lovely hair and lovely shoulders. Yeah. She, oh, we didn't actually get to sp- speak about Portman much in the, in the review there, but she is... Yeah, it's really nice to see her yeah. back in, into the MCU fold. Yeah. So yeah, big, big thumbs up. They've earned her. They really have, actually, mm. I, I think. And I, I think, you know, that time she had away... Felt mm. like she was not anti MCU, but no. Marvel were anti her. She has standards, and they have met them. Yes, that. I think that I yeah. agree with that. Yeah, so Thor's my pick of the week as well. Yeah. And when you're checking out Thor: Love and Thunder this week, it's it's warm weather now. It is quite it, isn't it? for Britain at the very least, yeah. anyway. And I've seen that there is a very big trend now of iced coffees. Yeah, which are not for me. I'm iced coffee all year round. Uh, dead would, of winter. I would actually prefer. I was thinking about this this morning when I was getting a coffee for coffee shops to pack it in. Stop trying to make <laughs> iced, Stop trying to make <laughs> fetch a, a thing. It's it's not working. Not only do I have iced coffee, I have cold brew. Oh, just pack it in. However, right icy okay an actual like cold refreshing drink. a drink built around the ice yes that i'm all You're in support for. yes and cineworld and icy have got a brand new flavor that you can check out this summer let's take a look It's a mango and passion food icy. A mango and passion food icy. It's a mango and passion food icy. Icy. A mango and passion food icy. It's a mango and passion food icy. It's a mango and passion food icy. It's a mango and passion food icy. Hey, Thanks. Thanks. Tickets are on sale now for DC League of Super Pets, available in Super Screen and 4DX. I had a friend of mine who went to a advanced screening of this uh-huh. movie yesterday, and her words for this were, I had a really good time with it. I, go. did, I didn't think I was going to, but I actually had a really good time with it. I've been seeing the trailers around. I've been like, oh, okay, I yeah. see what you're doing. I like the idea of that. Actually, as we were leaving the cinema, I heard a trailer being played for it, yeah. and it had... Bum, 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 yeah. Bum, bum, bum. And I was like, oh, okay, actually, yeah, maybe, maybe this is how you get it me looks back like in. It'll be a bit fun, it looks fun, doesn't, doesn't it? it? We also have an unlimited screen on Thursday, 19th of July, of where the Crawdad sings at half past seven. And we have some event cinema that you won't want to miss. The National Theatre production of Prima Facie is on July the 21st. Westlife, live at Wembley Stadium, is on August the 6th. And the National Theatre's production of Much Ado About Nothing is on September the 8th.
I did also have the intention of us doing a trailer reaction for Clerks 3. Right. Um, but... A bit niche. Perhaps niche. Uh, I don't care. But okay. it's, it's more because we've got to send the rushes to uh, another editor today. Like right. Our usual... Producer Rich isn't here to take the rushes mm. and do this. We've got to transfer them. Oh, I see. And so we've got to try and keep things short. Keep yeah. things at oh, time. Yeah. Producer Terry was like really honest. It's like, let's not waffle on. Rain it in, Dan. <laughs> so we, I was like, we won't do a trailer reaction to Clerks no. 3. Suffice to say, I loved it. Okay. I, I, I Can actually, I confess to you that I haven't seen Clerks <gasps> at all? That doesn't. It's not that surprising, I don't think. Okay. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, it, it holds a very special place in my heart, the right. first one. The second yeah. one as well. I wrote my dissertation when the second film came out, so I actually wrote part of it around so This, uh, this is the two. second mention of your dissertation in this episode. It's because, because Clerks 3, the trailer is now out. Uh, I'm part of a Discord that was talking about the trailer reaction, so everyone was showing all of their Clerks right. memorabilia and nice. stuff. And then I got to tell all of my fun facts about uh, Clerks uh -huh. and the 10th anniversary DVD release of it that we Lovely. didn't think was going to come over to the UK, so a lot of people imported it from America. And then I got to tell you all of my fun facts that I have about that DVD release. And how many are there? Oh, well, plenty. Plenty? And it, But it's all specifically around the BBFC. Right. Oh, I love the BBFC. Yeah. I've been to the BBFC. Mm -hmm. I uh, chatted with them. Yes, I interviewed members of the BBFC for, for my dissertation because my dissertation was about you went hard. classifications of movies and how movies are classified here in the UK and mm. does the system work was essentially what was the And what was your conclusion? Well, I, I, <laughs> my conclusion was like, sometimes they get it right, sometimes they don't. Uh, and my, I mean, yeah. And my, my professor was like, you cannot submit this. <laughs> <laughs> your dissertation cannot end with you shrugging and being like, eh. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, I guess. So I, guess. I, I had to kind of rewrite my conclusion to yeah. it uh, and have a bit more of a sterner stance yeah. uh, on things. But anyway, so I got to share all that. But uh, I watched the trailer for Clerks 3 and, and it is, it's a very Kevin Smith thing to do. Like right. Dante and Randall are two sides of the Kevin Smith coin. Mm. And we are, I think he, you know, he wants to be Randall, but he is more Dante. And this is very much him being like, look, this is, I'm being Randall. Like this, Randall is now becoming me. Yeah. And I make it, it is a movie about them making clerks as a movie. Oh. So they're now back at working in the quick stop. Uh, Randall has had a, a heart attack. He's now reevaluating his life. Dante's sister was like, I would have thought you'd have made a great director. He's like, well, I'm going to make a movie then. And where are we going to set this movie? Going to set it in the quick stop about us working here. Mm. And it's shot in black and white. And it is essentially them recreating the first clerks movie, but in clerks three. Yes, very you meta. Could be speaking a different language to me, but you're very excited about it. So I am I'm, I'm thrilled for you. Yeah, I yeah. mean, they even make a joke about how like Jane, Silent, and Barbara are obviously are in the movie because they are C3PO and R2D2. They were popular in the first movie, but no one liked them in any of the other movies. But because they were in the first movie, we have to have them in all the other movies. Yeah. And he's here today <laughs> in, an, in a helicopter. Apologies if you can hear that helicopter going over. Yeah. Um, but we've also got some comments I just want to quickly read out, Dan. Um, this one, uh, actually, you know. Uh, Adams here says, not something I normally notice, but kudos to the editor. So, oh, well you... done to the editor. So, well done, Terry. Not me. <laughs> yeah, not, not Terry. But Terry, you are here today, so you get to take credit oh, for that one. Um, uh, and people, because we were talking about Doctor Doom last yes, week, we were, we were saying, yeah. like, can he be an anti-hero movie? Yeah. Two people, uh, the Mad Max and Surf Kid, have said, like, you know, some be, like there are some versions of the character where he gets his powers from Mephisto, so mm -hmm. you could use that like as a way. Because Mephisto is, I feel like Mephisto is a character that fans just want to be in the MCU now. They're desperate for it. Because it was all around Spider-Man. And Everyone. all around WandaVision. Yeah, and Doctor Strange off yeah. the back of that as well. It's like, no, it's, this is all... It feels like, you know when, when Avengers came out? Yeah. And 
there were a group of people in that post-credit sequence when Thanos turns around, they were like, mm. oh my God, they're doing Thanos and they're doing the Infinity Gauntlet. That, that's amazing. Uh, and But there were other people that was like, no idea who this I is. I was in that. Go, go home, do some Googling, yes. read about the character. Yeah. I think that's now what Mephisto is. Mm. Someone has mentioned this, be like, oh, I'll do some Googling around this character. And now everyone's like, oh, well, now I know about this character. Mm. We need to put well, this character in. Interesting thing, because I don't know if this, is, if this isn't gospel, but like I have heard discussion about the idea that you aren't allowed to represent the devil in certain international markets. Oh. And that might be a, a stumbling block in bringing Mephisto to the screen. I don't know how true that is. I don't know really what the, the intricacies of that, because I'm sure it is intricate. Um, but that's just an interesting thing. I'm free to play Mephisto. Maybe this is my character. Yeah, well, I mean, we were watching some stuff beforehand and you were like, why am I not in this? Why? Well, there were so many trailers for so many different things and there's just so many films and shows around that I'm not in any of them. Um, Furious. Matchimus Prime, talking about Howard Stern, because that's what yeah. we reference said. Howard Stern is known for starting false rumors yeah. just before he goes on vacation, because it makes uh, he thinks it will make him stay relevant. Which is not a bad shout, yeah. you know? It's the way of doing it. However, my favorite comment of the week is from Martin, who says, Luke and Dan have such good chemistry. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to cheers us. Okay, now we do. Right, okay. Because prior, it was Awful. dry as anything. <laughs> Awful, terrible stuff. <laughs> Unwatchable. I don't know why they kept trying. <laughs> well, we did because we eventually, through gritted teeth and blood, sweat and tears, <laughs> now... Cheer force of will. <laughs> we have chemistry. <laughs> we have chemistry, dot, dot, dot. Now. <laughs> and I don't think that's what Martin intended because there's no dot 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 in there. But, but I love the it. Edition the shade now. of it all. It's that's very up my street. Uh, but that's all we've got time for on this edition of What's on the Cineworld Cinemas. Please do click the links in the podcast description. Check out any of the movies that we did talk about today. But we will see you in seven days' time. Uh, I've been Luke Owen. And I've been Dan Layton. And that's What's On. <laughs>